Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Flip This with Steve Londo, the real estate investing podcast that focuses on finding and negotiating with motivated sellers and flipping houses without using banks or private lenders. You must be prepared to ignite.
I don't really know how to segue from Hail to the King to Gangster Life Instrumental, but we just hit play. That's how we do it. What up, though? Flip this podcast. I'm Steve Londo. This is the real estate investing podcast that teaches you how to find and negotiate with motivated sellers to flip houses without using banks or private lenders. Again, I'm Steve Londo, joined by Jeremy Burgess. So we are I'm a full time wholesaler. Jeremy is a most time wholesaler, flipping houses in Detroit and the suburbs. Jeremy also does that realtor agent thing, the About retail that realtor thing. dog. He's crazy. Wholesaling, if you're not sure what the hell that is, that is when you go out and find someone who really, really wants or needs to sell their house. You look at it, you negotiate a price to buy the house, say $30,000, you put a contract on it to buy it, and then you go market and find someone that will pay you to take your place and become the buyer, and you assign that contract to them, say $40,000, you make the 10000 in between. Uh, it's a nice nice way to break into real estate is what a lot of people say. But truly, my opinion is this is the hardest uh, aspect of real estate investing that there is, to be really good at it anyway. Because you, you really need to be versed in you know, construction, in comparable sales, in how to evaluate the property from all different angles as a rental property, as a rehab. Um, so to do it right and to do it well, it ain't easy. But it certainly is fun, and it beats working for a living. So with that said, I got some deals for you. Deals. Deals. We like deals. I got a bunch for you today, too. I think I got four. They like deals, I think, right? And, crazy enough, not one of them in Detroit. Oh. Last week, every one of them, or two weeks ago, every one of them was in Detroit. No, we got zero. Nada. We do have one in Pontiac. So you're talking about some juicy suburb deals, right juicy. for the picking? Suburb deals, some lake view deals Ooh. up in my hood, um, Southfield, Garden City, Pontiac. We got it all. But we're going to start with my neck of the woods, way up in the, the thumb-ish area. Uh, Columbiaville, <clears throat> the address is 242 Indian Trail, 242 Indian Trail, and the trail is important. It's Columbiaville, Michigan, 48421. It is a three-bedroom, one-bath. Um, it's an older kind of a cabin-style house. It's not. It's on the lake, but it's not on the lake. It's not on the water. It's across the street. You can see the water. Um, you do have access that's deeded uh, with this. There is a association. It's like 180 bucks a year. Um, so it's not actual waterfront property. There is a Michigan basement. Um, it's a, it's got a two car detached garage, the work that it needs pretty much, um, the hardwood floors are really in pretty good shape and they're newer. There is a couple of boxes of spare boards as well. So for any blemishes and areas that you need to fix, there's definitely extra there. The kitchen, if you paint the cabinets, um, and finish any areas that are needed in the floors, it's solid. The countertops are really good. The sink's been updated. Um, light fixtures updated, so things like that. So really just paint the cabinets because they're a wood color. They'd look really good if they were white with the dark hardwood floors. Um, really, really solid. So kitchen, really, that's it. Paint the cabinets. Um, it needs a hot water tank. It's got a newer roof and a furnace. There's a little dip in the roof, um, but it is only 10 years old. There's no um, leaks that you can see or anything like that, but there's a strange dip uh, looking in the in the roof inside it needs some it's got some drywall uh repairs that are required some from before the roof was fixed which i think it was like 10 years ago um but the husband had passed away so a lot of these things got neglected and never got never got fixed uh properly that oh, happens yep electrics updated uh plumbing is a mix of galvanized and copper but it's a solid solid house this could be uh, Airbnb rental. It could be a cabin for you. It could be a full-time rental property. It could be a flip. I've got an ARV of a, probably about 120, 125 um, on the high end, 100 on the extreme low end. It, again, the address is 242 Indian Trail in Columbiaville, and I need 46000 
for this house. You Is that all? Hit me up at Steve at SteveBuysHousesFast.com. You can hit up Paul at SteveBuysHousesFast.com uh, or give us a call or a text. You can text me at 734-272-7004. If you're not saved in my phone and you call me, I'm probably not going to answer. So text me. It's 2017. My voicemail is full. Text me. Two nine. You would have a hard time with a realtor life, bro. <laughs> That's why I don't do it. They don't know how to email or text. Oh, there's my story for yeah. later. <laughs> Woo, thank you. I have a story for y'all. They can't read the realtor remark instructions either, Real by tarts. the way. Yeah. Well, so some of them read it and take it extremely literally, as in they need to contact me to schedule a showing. Just says contact me, not the broker. So if you have yeah. questions, call me, not the godfather. So... Next you mean property, Ron the Don. Ron the Don. I'm trying to make you. that That's stick. Right. I keep forgetting about that. Ron the Don. Yes. Everybody knows Ron Wallwave, and if you would please address him as Ron the Don, you'd be helping me out. I'm trying to make this stick. Okay. I'm sure we can if I remember it. That's right. All right. So the next property. This is a nice one. I was going to buy this myself, um, but I have way too much shit going on right now to take on a rehab like this this far away from where I live. Um, it's two nine zero zero three Florence. It's F L O R E N C E. This is in garden city, uh, four, eight, one, three, five. This is a three bedroom, one and a half might actually be two and a half. It's actually two and a half bath. Um, 1500 square feet, a little over. It's got a full basement. It's a colonial style home. Um, it never used to be four bedrooms, although it does look like it. Cause when you go upstairs, the master bedroom is a long bedroom with two doors into the hallway. <coughs> and it looks like it, there could be a wall that you could put in there and make it a four bedroom. So you technically could make it a four bedroom, um, but the house has always been a three bedroom. It was built that way. And the, one of the comps right down the street um, is the same, same layout and everything. So it is a, it's a nice house. It's in good shape. It's well-maintained. It's got central air, newer windows, a pool, the pool hasn't been opened in three years. Um, everything looks to be in good shape. It has been drained, and there was a small tear in the liner in the one side that they were gonna uh, that does need to get fixed. But overall, the pool is in good shape. Uh, Electrical has been updated. It needs updated kitchen and bathrooms. You could probably paint the cabinets here too. New countertops, um, new. Um, sink and faucet, new light fixtures, paint, paint throughout. This home also has hardwood floors throughout. There are some places where there's carpet, but it's hardwood underneath it. I confirmed that and they're in good shape. So probably just a sanding and a reglaze and they would be uh, solid, solid floors. So again, this is 29003 Florence in Garden City, 48135. And this is 97,000. Uh, very good chance this house will be gone by the time this even airs. Uh, very good chance that if it isn't gone, it'll be listed on the MLS. So if you are listening to this and you hear this and you want that property, it's best that you act immediately. Jump in it. Immediately. Steve at stevebuyshousesfast.com or you can text me at 734-272-7004. You can also call Paul or text or email Paul. Paul is 586-940-1833. And Paul at stevebuyshousesfast.com. Well, and uh, I think he likes a uh, little voicemail action. So if you feel compelled, leave it with Paul. <laughs> if you like voicemail, leave your message with yeah, Paul. Yeah, not with Steve. Because you, you can't even leave me a message. I know people, your voicemail is full. Yep, it's been full for about three months now, and it will stay that way. I shall not be deleting any messages. Next property up, 21557 Stahalen in Southfield, 48075. This guaranteed will be gone by the time this airs. Yeah, that's a deal. I'm going to list it anyway. 73,000, three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath, brick ranch, two-car attached garage, full basement, brick ranch, Southfield, worth 150, 73K, not much more to say. It's going to be sold already. So, in fact, I it's had an honest showings. to God flip, right? Yeah, a real true flip. Um, and it was several showings, like four people looking at it today as I'm recording this now. So, I'm sure by the time I get off this recording and put my phone back on uh, not on airplane mode, I will have multiple messages saying they want this house. So, but for fun, 
21557 Stahalen in Southfield, Michigan, 48075-73K. Now, if you want to get these deals before you listen to them and hear them on the podcast and long after they're already sold, then what you really need to do is drop everything, go to 313cashdeals.com right now, sign up with your email, confirm it. You have to confirm your email. We do a double opt-in so that I don't go to spam automatically or any of that nonsense. If you sign up and you confirm, you will get my emails and I won't hear, oh, I missed that. Where did that property go? It went out to my email list like every other property does. I check it first thing in the morning. <clears throat> I saw Stahalen immediately. Yep. The other get thing. Get on the list, folks. Is you can get text messages. You can sign up for text alerts. If you're like me and you like text message versus phone calls, you can get these properties emailed or texted to you or both. Maybe you want both. In the morning, you check your email, but you don't carry your laptop around with you and you don't want your email is going to your phone because that's too much of a distraction. But you happen to get that text message with an address, a price, and a link. You click that link and it takes you to the pictures. You look at the pictures and you go, damn, that's a nice place. I want that. You just reply and say, I want it. Who you Steve, are. Steve, take my money. And the price. And if you pay in Bitcoin, I'll give you a little bonus. Ooh. <laughs> what about no, the Lithium? Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah. What about Ethereum? Can I'll they... still take Ethereum too. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's down a little bit. It really crashed for a minute. It's come back up, but it's good stuff. I'll take any cryptocurrency. Not any cryptocurrency. Don't be trying to send me Dogecoin, you fucks. <laughs> I don't even I, know what that is. It's, it's yeah. like a running joke, but I actually have some Dogecoin, but yeah, it's worthless. It's worth like a fraction of a penny. Maybe it's worth a penny. I'm probably pissing off a bunch of Dogecoin fans. Good. Right now. All the Doge fans that listen to my podcast, there's probably like go get some real zeros and zeros of them. Fake money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be coming in with your fake fake money. <laughs> so I'll take Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, uh, Sia coin, fucking cash, gold, gold bars, silver. You know anything legal? I'll take it. No drugs, please. You can send the drugs to me. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> the last property for today is a unique property, but you guys like unique. So this one, if you like deals, you like interesting deals, this property will make you money. Just back up the Brinks truck beep, 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 right to the door and just start hauling it in because this property, if you own this for several years, will just rake in the cash for you. It's 455 South Marshall in Pontiac. I don't know the zip code. I wrote four eight and didn't finish. Three two three three two four three two something three two figure three out. two money. That's <laughs> that's all you need to know. Three two. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it is a one bedroom, one bath house. I know. I know. Shut up. Don't knock it till you see it. Um, it is a little strange. It's a small house. It's only five hundred and ten square feet. It's a one-bedroom, one-bath. It used to be a two-bedroom. They took a wall out and made a smaller bedroom. How'd they make bedroom. 500 square feet of two-bedroom? I know. That's what I'm That's some old-school shit right yeah. there. So I have a feeling that the upper uh, isn't counted in that, if I looked at the pictures right. I didn't go in this house personally. This is my man Dave's property so um, that he locked up. So, um, But it's a, it's a nice house. It is in good condition. And seriously, as a rental property... Um, one bedrooms rent easier than you would think. They, the two to three bedroom, the different, the difficulties, it's not quite the same, you know, going from a three to a two, cause you have some twos that you can rent, but they don't continually stay rented. It seems like two bedrooms, um, can either be really long-term rentals if you get the right, like an older couple or something like that, or they can be constantly coming up for a renewal every year or every two years, a one bedroom. From what I've found, anytime I've had a one-bedroom or have looked at a one-bedroom to purchase that was actually occupied, um, it's been a long-term tenant, like 20-year tenants. So find somebody, single person in their 40s or something to rent to, and you know you may have that tenant until they pass away in your property. Seriously. So I don't know about housing laws and equal opportunity and all that bullshit. So if I said anything that goes against that. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was going to be a little more crude and say, you know, double birds, but whatever. That too. Just kidding works better. It's probably more legally proper too. (laughs) You know, these, these one and two bedrooms, they're not sexy at all, but when you look at your annual return, yeah, I remember when we were doing the math on some of those two bedrooms, we were wholesaling back in the day and we're like, holy shit. That's why they're buying them. They're getting like a 20%, 25%. 
sometimes they look better on paper than they do in real life, you know? Yeah, and the, one of the things is if you are willing to, you know, think outside the box a little bit, if you're not so focused on, oh, you need a three-bedroom, two-bath, full basement, two-car garage, you know, 25% ROI. I get it. They're trying to maximize their appreciation. The cookie-cutter deal, okay, yeah. this is what everybody wants. What will you take? Like, what else will you do? Because that's what's going to separate you, and especially on, on my list. So all you people that really want to get higher up on the list, it's seriously consider looking at opportunities like this. You don't have to buy it. Go out and take a look at the house and actually realistically think about and analyze this this deal. And you may just be surprised. You may surprise yourself when you go and look at it and you look at the neighborhood and you run the numbers and you go, shit, 16000 that's a pretty good deal. Well, I dude, mean, also- rent this thing for five, 600 bucks a month. If you don't have a lot of money, it's a way in, man. Right? In. Sometimes you don't have as much money as you yep. want and you would like to buy in a different area and you'd like to do something different, but the opportunity is what it is and the money you have is what you have. So it's a very good point. Pony up if you're interested. They're a lot sexier. Just at least run the calculations. You'll see what we're talking about. Maybe you don't change your mind, Yeah, but maybe you do. And that, that's a really good point. I would love to have a bunch of rental properties in, say, Royal Oak or oh, yeah, it'd be great, Ferndale. Right? I'd love to own multiple duplexes in Ferndale, like the one I had for sale. But I don't have that kind of cash, and I don't have that kind of credit to go and buy $200,000 home on a mortgage and all that fun stuff. Um, so I bought a house in Mount Morris, ten grand. Fixed it up. There you go. Put some money in it. Rent it out. So that will eventually turn into more, and then will eventually turn into more and more. And I'll I will be able to buy more houses and maybe an apartment building and so on and so forth. So you don't have to uh, jump into the ninety seven thousand twenty nine zero zero three Florence in Garden City. Maybe the sixteen thousand dollar four five five South Marshall Street in Pontiac will work better for you. As a matter of fact. I owned a house very close to this. Actually, not very close to it, but on Marshall Street. I owned a house that I bought from a guy that bought from Ron, Ron the Don. Thank and you. And so funny. <laughs> so Ron bought the house in an LLC, sold the guy. I bought it from the LLC. I bought the house from the guy. And had I known the LLC originated with Ron the Don, I would have bought the LLC too. I didn't know. And closed on that, owned it for a couple of years flipped it to my buddy who owns it now um that was a good house a good rental property that i rented for 650 a month and it was a two-bedroom very small house like this too so five six hundred bucks a month man for 16 grand that's that's a pretty solid return on investment so to get these deals before they end up on the podcast go to 313cashdeals.com 313cashdeals.com and if you're interested in any of these deals that you heard today, 242 Indian Trail in Columbiaville, 29003 Florence in Garden City, 21557 Stahalen in Southfield, Michigan, slash gone, or 455 South Marshall in Pontiac, hit me up, steve at stevebuyshousesfast.com or paul at stevebuyshousesfast.com. There you go. Get your money together. Get your money right, people. Get your money right. So that's it for the deals for today. I don't have a bunch of notes on what's working, what's not, and funny stories. However, during our initial conversation in the deals, Jeremy mentioned something really interesting, which reminded me of Realtards. Oh, yeah. Oh, how I love Realtards. They don't pay real estate agents, the good ones, enough money to deal with the bad ones. I feel your pain. The bad ones are so... So terrible. Well, so, like anything, the bar is low, my friend. Oh it is gosh. very low. You know, Joe used to say that all the time, and I would laugh and laugh. So and, true, though, isn't it? Oh, it is so true. It's. I think I blocked this lady, so I don't even know if I can. Oh, you find blocked her. her? That's pretty it funny. Was that bad. Damn. It was that bad. I haven't blocked anybody. Like, oh shit. Um, nope, not that one. Well, one thing with the real uh, estate agents. I didn't. I found it by looking for buy, dummy. <laughs> so, did I rant about this last? No, it wasn't. I don't this think was so. You did a rant June on Facebook. 17th. I think you know. This I... is the Facebook rant. Same yeah. lady. But 
New medium. It's Why okay. Not? Yeah. This is a new media. Yeah. And verbal is so much better yeah, than reading. Yeah, it's way better in a podcast, bro. So this lady, we'll call her Nicole. Maybe that's her real name. Maybe it isn't. Um, She may or may not be a Keller Williams agent. I don't know. She's definitely a licensed realtor in the state of Michigan. They'll give that to anybody, though. <laughs> yeah. So this lady had was trying to schedule a showing for my Ferndale duplex. At that point, uh, I was having some issues with the tenants and getting people inside of the house. It was really frustrating. I would have had this house sold already had I been able to get my buyers in when needed. And so I withdrew the property. Um, during that process, I sold it to someone off market that I had uh, already been talking to and negotiating with, um, not an MLS buyer, no other agents involved. And so I withdrew the listing. During this process, and actually it did take a couple days for me to get the listing actually withdrawn. So this was pro- during that process between when I accepted the offer and had it officially removed. But regardless, she scheduled a showing for, through showing time and I hit no. You know, I replied N, which means it declined the request. You're requesting a time to see the house. I'm declining that request. What don't you understand about that? This is problem number one. These entitled agents that think just because there's a property on the MLS and they put a request in to see it, they are entitled to see it at that specific time that they requested, even if that was five minutes from now. Wrong. Literally. So I've been dealing with the same basic issue with multiple agents from multiple brokerages all around Ferndale and the whole metro area here because it is a super hot area and it was a good price it was a great area you guys should have bought this house you would have saved at least 20 grand because it went for over 20 grand over what i had it on the market for so um so this lady proceeded to not only just spam me with phone calls she called probably i think 11 times in a row and like would call and I was in the middle of something. I was driving. I was already on the phone and I just let it go to voicemail. The next one, she immediately hangs up and calls right back because my voicemail is full, right? So I guess it probably doesn't say, you probably can't hear my actual outgoing message because it's full, which is the one downside. So I think I may have to rethink this strategy and (laughs) change my voicemail message to say, do not leave a voicemail. I will not return it or listen to it send me a text. And then as voicemails come in, just delete them without listening to them. Because then people will hear the message instead of, we're sorry, this person's voicemail box is full, which is what I think is happening. Anyway, so she calls, I swear to God, at least 11 times in a row within like a five minute period. So this wasn't just like call, hang up, try back a few minutes later, Try back a few more minutes Dude, later. Dude, this is like crazy ex-girlfriend this status, is isn't it? definitely crazy psycho ex-girlfriend Remember that status. name of that lady yes. in there? Yes, with the crazy eyes. Yeah, yes. you know what I'm talking about. That's who it, it is. I used Did that you? meme in marketing before, yeah. <laughs> I used it on my buyer's list. Oh, that's say, right, I remember yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> to say, I see you guys looking at these emails, now buy it. Yeah. So anyway, totally like that lady. and th- That typical meme, totally. So 11 times, no exaggeration, within a five-minute or so period. At After the third call, I started immediately hitting ignore to send it to voicemail. Like, get the message. I'm busy. I can't talk right now. Send a t- If she would have sent a text, I would have immediately replied with, hey, I'm sorry. I'm tied up. We'll call you back shortly. Text me if there's something I can handle over text. Simple. Apparently, this lady doesn't understand or believe in the ability to text. No. You find that a lot in the real tard world. But she does because when I finally (laughs) sent her a text, which consisted of the following, which I shall read verbatim. Now, you know, I'm not a retail real estate agent. This is my disclaimer. Get out of town. (laughs) Your mileage may vary. Your response may vary. You probably don't like the... Uh, hey, you're probably better than most, if we're being honest. <laughs> anyway. Hey, I, I open strong, okay? I open a little rough. I open deal strong. With it. <laughs> it's the bold close, right? Sometimes well, you got to put it all out there. Here it is. <clears throat> Stop calling me. P. 
period. That was my opening sentence. Yeah. Stop calling me. I couldn't reply or I would have. I'm dealing with access issues. Maybe if you messaged like everyone else in 2017, instead of calling 27 times in a row. Okay, that was a bit of an exaggeration. Um, I could have told you that. Don't request to show my listing again. In fact, it will be declined. Or I said it will be declined. In fact, any listing I have, don't bother requesting a showing for. You don't call someone 27 times in a row. If a mailbox is full, text, email, all of that info is on the MLS. I don't answer calls when I'm in the middle of other conversations with uh, with people or busy with family. This was a Saturday, by the way, which is when you call. If someone ignores your call, message them or try them back later, not immediately after being sent to voicemail. I was clearly busy or I'd have taken your call. And then she says, ha, looks like you copied and pasted that message several times. Um, I literally just typed that and you probably could see the little dots as I typed it, you dummy. So and as I look at a broker metrics, you've only sold a house or two. Hmm, really? Because the MLS tells the entire story of someone's career, right? Yeah, if you look me up, I'm yeah. zero. I'm all under Joe. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bottom line, you have no idea what you're doing. I feel horrible for your clients. Have a fab day, kissy face, or whatever the little heart kissy face thing. Some of those people got to win, huh? Yeah. Plus, it sounds like plenty of agents have called you since your mailbox has been full for two days. Bitch, my mailbox has been full for two months. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> P.S. Thank you for putting this in writing. The board will not approve of your conduct. You made this easy. Whatever. So I, I reply with what message? You know, I've sold more than that. I said, LOL, I've sold more than that. I don't use the MLS often. I flip them off market. I am my client dummy. I have an interest in every house I list. The only homes I list I own or have a contract on. I don't need to validate anything to you. If you, if you have been more professional in your approach to me, maybe your client would have gotten a good deal. Um, it's, uh, agents that act like this, that I don't do much business. Nope. Uh, I don't do much business with my mailbox has purposely been full for months. I don't use voicemail. It's 2017. Text me or email me if I can't, or don't answer. And she says, your poor clients again. And I was like, and I said, ha, the board. Cause I finally read that content con comment. And I said, the problem lady uh, I said, your conduct is the problem here. How many times you called me in a row? I was very clearly busy. Um, but your Ms. Keller Williams busy, busy body. Sorry, Keller agents. Uh, is your, your call is so important. I must immediately drop everything I'm doing and take your call. So anyway, she's going back. We go back and forth a little bit like that. And she's talking about how nobody would hire me and that she feels bad for my clients. Clearly, she, she didn't no read the listing. Talking about, Clearly, yeah. she has no clue who no. she's talking to, who she's dealing with, what she's up against, or any of that. So I happen to look her up, too. You know how many deals she sold in the last year? I can count on both hands. Mm. So this lady and my poor clients um, is <laughs> really what's wrong with these, with really a lot of the retail agents. First of all, you request to see a listing. You may have a buyer. You may have the perfect buyer and all of that stuff, and you want to do your best for your clients. I am my client. If I'm listing a house on the MLS, it's because I want to sell it, not because I want to sell it to you or get the best price or sell somebody their perfect home or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to get it sold as fast as possible. So if you request the time to see it, you better be damn sure I'm trying to get you in there to see it. If it doesn't get immediately approved, then there's a problem. Either I'm waiting to confirm the time with the seller, it's not a vacant house, which is clearly stated in the listing, or there's some other kind of issue and I'm just not available. I didn't see the request because I'm the only one that can approve them. But you don't call people and harass them hundreds of times in a row or 11 times in a row, just calling over and over and over and over again. That went from, I felt bad for the situation and I'm trying to be sympathetic. She wants to see the house and get her clients in. It's a great deal, a hot area, all that to instantly, fuck you, bitch, don't call me, blocked. And it is that simple. Maybe for retail real estate agents, that won't fly. Guess what? I'm not a fucking retail real estate agent. I don't plan to be ever. It's not my game. It's not what I do. I buy houses. I fix them up. I flip them. I buy houses. I don't do a thing to them. I flip them. 
I buy houses, I hold them for rental properties. That's what I do. I'm an investor. I find ways to create value and make money doing real estate. I only have a license because if I didn't, that gives the government a reason to come fuck with me and tell me I can't do what I do. So I have a real estate license to follow the guidelines and follow the laws. Not because I want to be, you know, Joe Delia, Mark Z, Jeff Glover, Nicole, dumb fuck, whatever the hell her name is from wherever and, and her poor clients. Um, I'm strictly licensed to be compliant. So if I list a house and you happen to want to look at it off the MLS, just be lucky enough that it made it that far that you even get to see it. Cause most of the time those properties don't get that far. If I'm listing it on the MLS, that means my buyers are either taking too long to make a decision or just aren't into it for whatever reason. I mean, I only have a buyer's list of 500 people or so. It's not the power of the MLS, right? And a ton of the people on my list, now sure, these deals in Southfield and Garden City, those things are not going to make it to the MLS. No. However, this Indian Trail in Columbiaville, might. it might because it's an hour and a half away from most people. Most people don't want to go up there and do that deal. However, priced at forty six thousand, that that is a deal. And if I had the cash and the time to do it, I would do it because shit, I would buy that and keep it as like a as a vacation house, even if it's only a mile from my house, simply for the fact of Airbnb on this house. Shit, you can in the summertime you can make a fortune on this house. Well, so, you did bring up an excellent point. So I work. I mean, I'll work for anybody. But I almost exclusively, it's like 90% of my business work for investors, Yeah. right? Which investors, if you know anything about the 2017 market, if you're a buyer's agent, it's competitive out there. Sure. A lot of multiple offer situations. It's an aggressive market. The lesson to be learned here is the same one you should learn when you're young. You get more with sugar than you do with shit. Yeah. And I can tell you that's not the Keller Williams way, not that most people follow it anyway, but... uh, And I have investors who specifically ask me, not all of them, but about half of them, after I go through the price, everybody qualification, everything I could to present the offers as best and as accurately as I can, not putting any information in there to get me in trouble, they'll ask me, is the agent easy to work with? What was the agent like? Because they want the shit to close too, and they don't want to deal with drama. They don't. They want to know yep. if the agent's difficult to work. Sometimes they take that offer anyway because it's the higher offer. And sure. they decide they, won't, they don't mind dealing with a difficult agent. Right. But a lot of times they're like, I like this agent. I like yeah. how they work. I'm going to accept this offer. And it's not always the highest offer. Yep. And there's definitely agents when you see an offer from that office, you completely ignore it. Yes. I know for a 100% fact that used to happen on one John Graham's uh, offers all the time. Because it was mostly automated um, at the at one point, they weren't even looking at the homes. There was a point where John Graham would physically go and look at every single house before they would make offers on them. I know that because we used to use him to make our offers and he would look at them before he would send offers in for us. I used him back in the day too. Yeah. So we were looking at shit. Fucking awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. He's great. But when you get a reputation as a low baller or as someone who just makes low ball offers, blind offers... Um, those offers get filed in the trash more often than they even get presented, even though everything's su- supposed to be presented to the sellers. I, you know, th- I know they didn't because as the seller on many of those properties, as a, uh, as an investor before I would see the offers come across and I know that they weren't getting presented because I didn't get a phone call saying, Hey, we got an offer from John Graham. I just see the email and go, yeah, delete, you know? Um, so that happens often. However, um, people don't people you don't call and treat people the way this bitch treated me because nope. she didn't get what she wanted well she did her buyer to service yeah she immediately disqualified yep the irony of this you know what they call what she was doing is called projection when she's taking what she's doing and putting it yeah. on you yeah that that's that's what you i know see a therapist it's called projection yeah right and she poor her poor buyer yeah. If you have a buyer in this kind of market and you're tired of running around, you may want to consider changing your approach. Yep. 
I can tell you the people who get the deals from the investors I work with, they're persistent, they're professional, yep. they add value, they include letters, they they make the lender call me independently, <clears throat> even before I get a chance to call and verify all the yep. information with the lender, and they're not nasty at all. Yep. At all. So it's not 2008, folks. You know, there's yeah. not a million deals on the market. If you got yourself a legitimate buyer, and this one was a nice duplex too. Yeah. Right? I, a nice I, Ferndale duplex. She would have, her buyer probably would have bought it. I had multiple offers yeah. all over asking price. I sold it for cash. Um, I mean, basically 20000 over asking price cash. I mean, that's the way the market is. Um, and, you know, it, it was all in her approach to it. If she would have approached that differently, she's simply took out her frustration of not being able to get into this house when she wanted to on me as the agent, because I'm the representative for this other side, right? Well, she has no clue what's happening with the situation. She doesn't know anything about the tenants that it's occupied or not, that there's keys there or not. She doesn't know that I have a lockbox on that house and that there were supposed to be two sets of keys in it, three sets of keys in it. And that when I went to show the house, there was only one set of keys in it and it only worked the front door which got me into a stairway basically. So she has no idea all the different things that we've been through and jumped through regarding the same situation. So her frustration and the way she handled it, you know, she just internalized that and took it out on me as the representative because she was frustrated. She couldn't get in there. Um, I had a similar situation with a property in Taylor. Someone's want an agent wants to show it. I can't get him in right when he wants to. And he's like, I don't, what's the problem? This is a vacant house. I just booked an appointment for half a million dollar house and such and such. And I said, look, I don't give a shit what you booked, where you booked. This is the situation with this house. The seller will not allow a lockbox. I told you as soon as he confirms it, I'll confirm with you. I called you back and said, he can do one o'clock, not 12. You said, sorry, one doesn't work. That's where we're at. So find another time. Yeah, move on. Or don't but sitting here wasting this 30 seconds of my time complaining to me who has zero control over the situation who's in the exact same position you are what is that going to get us do you want to schedule another time or can i hang up the phone now and go do what you just interrupted me from doing well they don't read the notes anyway and you illustrate another point she couldn't figure out that you were the seller and you were representing yourself yeah agents if you want to work with investors, you're going to have to learn some shit that isn't in the millionaire real estate agent. You got to go buy the millionaire real estate investor. Read that fucking book, too. And then maybe, just maybe, investors won't hate your fucking guts so much, right? <laughs> You'll know what you're talking about. And then that little part down there, I know I'm getting all on my high horse. This is agent remarks. Fucking read them. Yeah. Before you call, read them. Just take that extra 30 <clears throat> seconds. And if you can figure out the information any other way, maybe do that too. So if you, if you can click, if you're in the fucking listing, reading it, and you can either read in the listing, in the remarks, or click on the PRD and answer the question you're about to call, text, or email me. You shouldn't be bothering me with you it. You should yeah. not be bothering me with it. Yeah. Because those are things that I will not respond to. And that goes for buyers on my 313 cash deals list or buyers on the MLS. If it's not in there and we fucked it up and left something out or transposed a number or something, by all means, ask away. If we didn't provide you information, by all means, ask about it. But you better hope that if you ask a question like, how many bedrooms is there or how much are you asking for it? I'm going to fucking ignore you and probably slap the shit out of you when I see you <laughs> because that's a dumb question. And yeah. that does happen. Yeah, it does. And there's sure there's been times when, you know, maybe we left off the square footage or the price the price has been left off before. You know, we're all human. But I, I have gotten some of the dumbest questions that if you just took the time to read the email that you're replying to, you would have answered that question. You got any more pictures? No. For the record, too, I answer all these dumb Facebook. questions because unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, people aren't very discriminating when they pick their real estate agent. Yeah. Sometimes they're representing the best buyer. So I'm I'm not Steve, though. Uh, you know, Steve's in a unique situation. He is representing himself. 
I unfortunately, I, I will call and answer and deal all those. I am screaming on the inside, though, sure. and I have to deal with moron agents. Like at least yes. a quarter of them are that way. But unfortunately, they had the best, most qualified buyer. Yeah, so I'm that's all, different because that I is have to. I got to have sugar. To I got to yeah. It's you part also of the gig, have man. A fiduciary responsibility. I to do. Your seller or Joe your would murder me too. Yeah, and, and I would, wouldn't get business. And that would hurt. Yeah. Yep. So it is different, and it's more towards the people, the dumbass agents that yeah. email me on questions that are there. They're like, dude, really? The the public and the agent remarks is a huge pet peeve for me too. And I used to do public remarks and then copy and paste the same thing into the private and then add stuff to the end. Still what we've been doing. I think I'm going to change that to the public remarks are the public remarks and the agent remarks are only specifically talking to the agent. Like, yeah, don't call the broker dummy. Don't ask me dumb questions. Text only. <laughs> Buyer has an interest. In the if you don't know what the whatever. question's dumb, it's probably dumb. Okay. <laughs> You know what's really funny? If my wife was listening to this podcast, she would be standing up, screaming at the top of her lungs, you ask the dumbest questions of anybody I know. Because I'll ask her dumb questions, but she doesn't count. That's my job as the husband, right? Hey, I don't get involved in marital disputes. <laughs> That's it's never worked no. out well for me. <laughs> Silence. Yeah. Crooked. So, about them tigers. Oh, well, tigers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, but for real. You're not going to get me recorded on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I don't, you know, I I ask dumb questions, um, you know, and it's it's just one of those things, though, where if the answer is literally in the, you're replying to the message that was sent to you, the question, the answer to the question you're asking me is in the message that you're replying to, like Jackie Chan fucking mind blown face right now so this all goes back to the basics if you're pleasant and easy to work with it's just easier to get things done for sure and man do not do not come out of the gate like that yeah Yeah, plus you don't react well that anyway so no no not that anybody really should no and really the problem that i had with the first agent the second agent we were cool we talked it through and i was like look man i'm in the same boat as you I understand it's frustrating. You can't get in, but I'm dealing with the seller here. You you just can make the appointment and go see it. I have to deal with every single person that wants to see this house, you know, and then I just lower the price because uh, Paul told me the guy's back in town. He was out of town for a couple of days. He's back in town, ready to get it sold, blah, blah, blah. All right. I'm lowering the price. The very first showing. Oh, I had to head out of town up north for something. You're fucking kidding me. So that sounds like I was fine. Need a lockbox. This is what you deal with sometimes as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So this is why I don't like tenant occupied property. Yeah. Too. This is a vacant house too. This is the worst. It's vacant. It's vacant. It's so frustrating. You jujitsu a fucking key out of this guy, I, dude. If <laughs> you could have got him. See, if I would have gone and talked to this guy, I guarantee you, probably after one conversation, not a threatening like anything like that at all, just an actual conversation, mental jujitsu maybe. An actual conversation with the guy that had the key. Paul, and this isn't a knock on you, Paul. But Paul has tried multiple times to get the key, and the dude just won't give it up. Sometimes and they won't. You know how it is. You've tried. You're like, dude, she won't give it. I go in there and sit down for five minutes. I come out with the key. You're like, what the fuck? You did have the advantage of being the boss, too. That plays a big role. It does. It does. When they know there's someone above you, there's like, meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I got stonewalled a lot of that. Plus, I always played yeah. you as the bad guy. So that's, and that's why I that really was my like, strategic. Yeah. It works. I tell these guys to do the same thing. And then I've worked come all in the time. I play the role. Yeah. I just do it. We cleaned up matter. so many deals. Like, yeah, I don't know. My boss is not going to go for that. You yep. know, he said, yeah, Steve's not, you know, no, just, it's better if we just do it this way. Cause I got to get Steve involved. And, and then Steve comes in, just get, if it. I got to call Steve, he's probably, not you got a key happy. out of that one lady too on what was that street? Was it Kentucky or remember when we showed the Travis McGee? We ended up selling it to somebody else. Yes. Fuck that lady. That what lady. Was that one? She was so rude at the closing too. She was just a nasty bitch. I remember that. Canceled several appointments. <clears throat> all yeah. that. I mean, just difficult to work with. And Steve walked in two minutes later. He's putting a lockbox on the house. I've never been so pissed in my life. I remember that lady now. Wouldn't yeah. give me a quarter yeah. inch. I had to show up multiple times. Steve's yeah. just like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Lockbox. I'm like, all right, I just got to go hard next time, I guess. I, I walked up to the house with a lockbox in my hand. <laughs> and it was like, hey, we're putting this on. because He did it, too. I, I couldn't. 
Maybe I'm exaggerating. It was three minutes. It wasn't much longer, though. Yeah. I told that was Paul very frustrating. on Friday to do this because we had a showing on Friday. I said, go there with a lockbox. Because he said, how how would you how would Savage Steve handle this? Because he even asked me for the advice. He'd walk there with the lockbox. I, you you did, walk yeah. up with a lockbox and you start. You just start doing it and going, all right, so I'm going to throw this on there. You're going to throw the key in there so we don't have to you know, hassle with this anymore. You just make a statement, basically, and tell them what you're going to do. You basically tell them what they're going to do in a non-threatening way. I know I joke around, but I don't like I don't talk to people that way. I don't threaten people ever. I just seriously show them the reasons why it makes sense to do this. Like, how many trips have we made out here, Jim, or whatever his name is? Like, yeah. I've and how many times have I called you where you couldn't come and do this? Now imagine how many times this house could have been sold and done and closed. In the time frame that we've wasted here, because you didn't want to give me the key, what are you afraid of? Oh, when would it break in? Do you think they're going to break in because they don't have a key or a lockbox on the house? Like I can hide the lockbox; that's not a big deal. You don't think everyone in this neighborhood doesn't already know your house is vacant? Yep. And if they were going to break into it, you don't think they already would have? They would have. Yeah, absolutely. So me putting a lockbox on it and having a key is not going to like. First of all, everybody I deal with is professional. You don't have to worry about me or anybody that's coming to look at the house from me. You need to worry about the people that you've already been worrying about, the people that are already in the neighborhood, in the area, and whatever. And this isn't even in Detroit. This is just a house down River, um, another suburb, but Taylor. But the point is, you do get more with honey than with shit. And you really sometimes just need to authoritatively explain to people why you have to do this. Sometimes I make it a point. If I have the feeling that's going to be an issue, I'm going to nip that in the bud before we sign the contract or as we're signing the contract. And if we're not going to have a key and this is going to be an ongoing problem, why bother even locking the house up? Yeah, I don't I don't anymore. I'm yeah. I just I'm not doing it because I don't need the headache. I've dude. been there. Well, the the big thing is if you are willing to walk away because of that and you're like, look, I understand for security reasons, your concerns. I totally get it. We're a professional company. We've been in business a long time. We only work with professionals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, but this is not a negotiation. This is non-negotiable. Like if you don't put a lockbox on it or the way I sometimes will do it is if we have one request to go and see it and you can't accommodate it, we're putting a lockbox on it. Because if they're so hard, and that was the way I approached it with the Leroy guy first, uh, the Taylor guy. And he, um, I just don't think Paul was aggressive enough with it. I wasn't in the beginning either. He's got a great style, but Paul's not an aggressive style salesman. He doesn't have my style at all. He has aggressive like facets of it. His is more like your buddy, your bro. Like that's the vibe I sense from it, from some of the texts he's forwarded to me and stuff from conversations with sellers. Like that's the vibe that I get that it, it works because he's, he doesn't get as many deals as like day as some of the other guys do, but he does get good ones and he gets, um, he, when he gets them, he's really in good rapport with them. Like he's really in good rapport with this contract technically has been expired for a long time. We've already had multiple extensions. So, but it's kind of his fault, not Paul, but the seller. Yeah, so, absolutely. Got to have access. It does yeah. say I need access right in it's the right in the agreement. Yep. And uh, you know, if someone wants to push and fight, then that's going to be there. But uh, it's it's usually, from what I found, it's usually the acquisition person's approach to it. And I haven't stepped in at all on this one. I've just directed Paul to do it. And oh, and trust me, I'm sure he has enough pain now that in the future he's going to appropriate. I did. I hope. Yeah, I got raked over the coals a couple times like yep. this, and then just changes your attitude about it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get burned a little. And I try to explain that to some of the guys. Like uh, Dave and Paul both have had certain things in deals where they wanted to do something, or like their thought was, should we do this? And then I would say no. And I'm like, this is why. And they would understand by the end of the explanation why we're we're getting there. But they kind of had to feel it and go through it before they really understood it. This is a prime example of that. Getting the key, making sure if it's vacant, we have a key so that we can show it. Because if we don't, it's going to be a problem. And Dave, poor Dave had to drive around and chase this one lady for keys for months. We finally, finally got keys many months later. She, the lady had to deed, she deeded the houses to us and everything because we just couldn't, 
get anywhere with her property manager. So we finally took title to the properties before we were able to actually meet with her and finally got keys from her. And so he understood then the importance of it. Paul is starting to understand. I'm well, sure. Yeah, but he's after getting this. it now. Yeah. And then there's other similar situations too, with like, for example, a buyer. Oh, so and so wants this house. He wants to. He he says he's going to send an offer over tomorrow. Okay, you know that's my reply. Okay, I don't get excited. No, nope. I don't. Nothing until that shit comes through. I read it. I agree to the terms. I sign it. They send their deposit. Then I go. Cool. I feel pretty good. And then when it closes, then I feel good because then it finally happened and we finally got paid. Because until that point, unless I get my entire entire assignment fee up front. It ain't closed until it's closed. It doesn't matter what the paperwork says, what the contracts say. None of that shit matters until the deal is signed, sealed, and delivered, and the money is in your account. Because some of these fly-by-night title companies, too, fuck, you might, back in the day, there was some that literally just disappeared and yep. went out of business. You close the deal, the next day, they're gone, and you're like, where's my money? Gone. That literally has happened. Yep. So until the money is in your account, now, certainly the company I deal with, that's not an issue. Many of the companies that I've dealt with in the past, that wouldn't, all of the ones I've dealt with in the past, that wouldn't be an issue. But they are out there. And if you're new and you're not working with somebody reputable and that you know, man, be careful. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. But, you know, the deal is not closed until it's closed. And today that example came up. Um, there was a property that I know is going to be sold. And we had some showings scheduled. And... Dave's like, do you want me to cancel these other, you know, a couple people? And I said, no. no. First of all, I don't have a contract on anything. Second of all, the person that's going to look at this house until they officially say, yeah, they want it. And they've signed and sent me money. They haven't proven anything. Like people say they want it and then go look at it and don't do it all the time. I won't even accept oh, I an want offer that anymore unless they've looked at I it. I won't either. Yep. Nope. I won't either. It. I won't do it. I don't want an opportunity for renegotiation. Nope. And I want you walking it with four or five other people so you know. Yep. You better want it. Yep. That's the I'm I'm definitely doing the first part all the time now. Uh I will not accept an offer. I will review an offer. If you send me an offer, I'll say, Go see it. That looks good. Go see it. Um, especially if I if it's not the first day a property comes out. Don't expect to lock up a house the, the day it comes out unless you've seen it. If you've seen it, you've walked it, and you're good, and there's no contingencies, I'm sure I'll sell it the same day. But don't expect to lock something out without seeing it because there's, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to come back later and do an inspection, contingency, bullshit, five days, come back and say, oh, the roof's bad, and I need a $5,000 discount. Nope. Nope. That's why I send you 100 photos, all the information you could possibly need. Nope. The only exception to that is something like a mold or, and that's mostly, again, you back out. You just don't buy the house. You don't know that until you go look at it. Once you look at it and you say you want it and you sign a contract, either you're closing or you're not. And if you're not, don't expect a refund of your deposit because it clearly says non-refundable portion. Um, I'm not going to waste your time. Don't waste my time. And that's not to say if a seller backs out or for some reason a seller can't close, you will get your deposit back, even though technically, even legally, I probably don't even have to give that back. I, of course, am and would and always have because it's not your fault. The deal's not closing. That's the seller's fault. So the point really is make sure you take these things seriously, that you treat a deal like a deal, right? And you understand, um, don't waste my time. I'm not going to waste your time. Um, so I don't know how we got swing swung onto that topic again, but oh, we start with real tires. Just kind of went, yeah, we went everywhere. That's all right. That's all right. We got to wrap it up, anyways. I got a phone call with my attorney in twelve minutes, and uh, this was a good podcast, though. We, it wasn't as structured as normal, so sorry if it was a little meandering, folks. But we have four awesome properties available for you. Uh, you know how to find those, 313cashdeals.com to get on the list. Steve at stevebuyshousesfast.com. Paul at stevebuyshousesfast.com. If any of those sound interesting, and I'll let Jeremy do the official outro before we take off. All right, folks. So 
I love pitching the deals. It's my favorite part of the podcast. But by the time you listen to it, you've missed a lot of deals. So go to 313cashdeals.com, 313cashdeals.com. Cough up your email address, opt in, confirm. If you don't like the emails, get the text. Sometimes the text is better, right? Never miss a deal. Also, you got a house you're looking to sell, go to stevebuyshousesfast.com. stevebuyshousesfast.com. Enter your information in there. Steve will take a look at it. If you're just interested in Steve, go to clickso, C-L-Y-X-O.com forward slash S-Londo, L-O-N-D-E-A-U. And check out all things Steve. And if you haven't already, and you enjoy this podcast, if you don't enjoy this podcast, what are you doing? Go somewhere else. But but if you like the podcast, if you look forward to the podcast, hook a brother up. Takes a lot of time to ask Steve's day to do this. Go use hashtag Savage Steve or hashtag Flip This Podcast so we know and rate and review on iTunes. It's one of the ways you can really help the podcast out. All right. Also, thanks everybody for sharing. We really appreciate your attention. We know you can be doing lots of other things. So thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And until the next podcast, see ya.